in being able to take the pressure on and take the crushing and have breakthrough on the other side to like with to stand through it and to Mm -hmm. not give up and to not like necessarily pray or wish the problem away, but actually see like what what am I meant to learn in this season in this. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Cypress Room. This is a brand new podcast, where we're going to dive deep on influencing with integrity. And whether you're, you know, an influencer, a content creator, and you have 500,000 followers, or whether you're just, you know, a regular person that's not on social media, you have people that are following you and that you're influencing. And we're here to encourage you and we're here to create community. Um, And so before we tell you about what all the podcast is, and before I get totally ahead of myself, (laughs) let's do some introductions. Does that work with you? Okay. (laughs) Sounds great. If you don't know me, hi, I'm Christina Mascari, and I am a full-time content creator and I operate under the brand name Pretty Distressed. You can find me flipping furniture, making over furniture on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all the social media things. um, And I have been doing that full time since 2019. I am also um, a wife of I think 16 years. Are you 15? 15. Okay, so I'm 16. (laughs) I think it's gonna be 17 this year. Um, I've been married to my husband, Michael for 17 years. And he's smoking hot. And he's very strong. And he's super smart. And I love him a lot. And he makes life a lot easier and a lot more fun. I'm also a mom to three kids. Their ages are 8, 10, and 13, and um, they keep me very busy. What else do I want to tell you about myself? I think that's it. I mean, we're going to get into who I am (laughs) a little bit. We're going to go into a little bit deeper in our stories, but now I want you to hear from my fabulous co-host, Miss Maggie Honeycutt. Yeah. Hi, friends. Welcome to our first episode. I am normally a behind the scenes type of a person. I've worked behind the scenes with Christina. I'm pretty distressed for about three years now, um, working on brand partnerships, um, social media, just ways to grow pretty distressed as a brand. And about a year ago, I started my own kind of boutique agency and took on a few more um, clients where I help them monetize and get paid for their content, uh, mostly through brand partnerships. So um, before that, I was in corporate sales and marketing for a while before I decided to be a stay-at-home mom to raise my two kids. Um, they are ages 8 and 11, and I've been married for 15 years. Um, she knew how long she was married for. <laughs> well, she I just had star. an anniversary. Okay. <laughs> That's how I can remember. Uh, 15 years to Jonathan. Um, he's pretty awesome too. And yeah, that's it. We live here in Franklin. So we're coming to you live from Tennessee. And we're so excited to be here. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome. Um, this is going to be fun because we don't know what we're doing, you guys. <laughs> this is definitely no. <laughs> just a step in obedience for us. Um, like Maggie said, we not only are we friends, but we've worked together for about three years now. And she's been helping me grow my brand and go m- grow my business. And we 
like to sit down and have a weekly meeting. Yes. I think it's been a long time it since Doesn't happen that often these it days. It hasn't happened a lot these days, but um, there was a season where we were doing that meeting really regularly while we were kind of ramping things up and figuring out how to work together and how right. you could best like help me and just grow the business and grow brand partnerships and stuff. And we would sit there for a little bit longer than we should at breakfast yeah. and we would do all the business stuff, but then we would talk into like all the behind the scenes stuff, like what's happening in the, in the industry, like other entrepreneurs that we know and just like watching people kind of just walk through this entrepreneurship thing. And we're like, I feel like this is a podcast. Like some of our conversations felt like podcasts. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, for sure. That's definitely the origin um, is us having those conversations, but also wanting to welcome other people in and even to get different perspectives and feedback. Um, it's always fun too. So we're hoping that you out there, our audience can give us some of that feedback, join us in the conversation, let us know about your experiences, um, in the content creation industry, but even outside of that life experiences, um, cause nobody wants to live in a vacuum, right? Like, yeah. And that's, what's been the cool thing about Maggie coming on because I was doing this on my own for such a long time and it's really isolating. And there's just such a spark and magic that happens when you collaborate with someone. So we're kind of wanting to take like what our collaboration has taken my business to and invite you guys into that conversation. Like maybe we can spark something in you that's going to take you to the next level, whether it's in friendships, like your marriage. Yes business. And, you know, we are females, and we're moms. um, And so that's going to play a lot into this. But I just want you to know that like, wherever you're at, like whatever age you are, just anything like you're welcome here. And we want to have this be like a place where you feel welcome, no matter what you look like, or where you come from. Um, So I think that's an important piece of this. For sure. Yes, I think everyone's welcome. And everyone has brings value to Mm -hmm. the conversation as well. Like we all have different life experiences, things we've been to, we're all at different seasons in life. And that's so important. That's why we're not meant to do life alone. That's why building community is essential, I think, for success in all areas of life, whether it is being a wife or a husband or a daughter or a friend or a mom or a dad. Um, you can't do life alone. And so I think that's the heartbeat of this podcast is that we want to build community. Um, I think that's becoming harder in a digital age (laughs) to find connection, (laughs) but that's definitely our heart. And we're sort of learning as we go what that's going to look like, but Um, join us for the journey and you can say you were here from the start. Yeah. And so definitely show up in that comment box, the comment box down below. Uh, We are running this on YouTube as well as, you know, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. So if you want to be part of the conversation, definitely head over to YouTube and subscribe and you can comment down there and that'll be the easiest way to contact us. And we want to know about you guys. We want to know about your story. We're going to share a little bit of our story today and kind of where we're at and just do like the get to know you. This is like, we're going out to coffee for the first time and getting to share like our stories with each other. And then we're just going to build from there. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. And I think these are always my favorite um, first podcast because I love to know about people and how they got to where they are and why they do what they do and Mm -hmm. about their personal style. And I always think that's so interesting. So 
Very cool. It's our turn to share, I guess. It is. <laughs> and like we said in the beginning, like we want to dive deep. I think both of us are, we don't like surface level, surface level conversations. Sure. And, you know, with the, just the social climate now, especially with social media, with Instagram and TikTok and how it's like these 15, 30 second videos are so hot. And I understand why, because you can consume a lot. Mm-hmm. But I feel super burned out a lot after I sit and do a scroll right. <laughs> because it just kind of yeah. like sucks the life out of you because you're not getting any meat. It's like sugar. It's like eating a peanut butter cup. It tastes really good. Don't get me wrong. I love peanut butter cups. But after I eat the peanut butter cup, it's literally giving me nothing. Yeah. So we just want this to be a place where like you can feel feel seen, feel known. And yeah, just and really, hopefully we can give you some tools at the same time <laughs> but, to maybe help you out. <laughs> yes. And at the same time, we have not made it. Nope. We are not perfect. <laughs> um, we have completely just piecemealed this whole thing together. We don't have a producer. We don't have an editor. No. <laughs> we, t- <laughs> we figured out how to buy microphones and a mixer um, and uh, headphones and we're figuring out the lighting and whatever. We're just set up in my home. So you guys yeah. are in my home. This is officially the Cypress room, which is kind of funny because it's also my husband's office <laughs> and uh, he's displaced for today. He's working at the kitchen table. So shout out to you, honey. I love you. Thank you for letting us use this room today. And it also is a guest room. We have a Murphy bed in here. So this is just like a multi-purpose room, but you are in my home. I'm letting you into my space. And we yeah. just painted it green, like before we even named the podcast. So I think I it'd be kind of fun before we, we're going to dive deep into our stories and how we're yeah. here. But I think it would be kind of cool to tell them about like the Cypress room name and where that came from. Okay. Because we're sitting in this green room that we painted <laughs> kind of prophetically before we even knew what we were going to name our podcast. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well, when I was praying about this podcast. Um, like Christina said, we had this idea like a year ago mm-hmm. and it was just, I think in January when we finally decided to take the step forward to actually do it, to record and, um, come up with a name and everything. So I started praying and I just started thinking about the concept of evergreen and not just the tree evergreen, although that is part of it. Um, just the concept, you know, in marketing of evergreen is, um, content that's always relevant. It never, um, goes out of style, I guess you could say it withstands trends. Um, so I love that thought of like building things that last that, um, that don't aren't subject to trends or to different seasons and that goes along with the thought of an evergreen tree is when i looked at the meaning of that an evergreen tree one of the definitions was it doesn't wither even in the winter months and um i love that because i think i want to build businesses and relationships um that last that even when it's a hard season that they still, they don't wither away. They don't go away. They don't crush under the pressure. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of leads us into how we came up with Cypress because evergreen, the word is just so generic. It's very overused. Overused, Um, It can mean a lot of different things. It can. Um, I, I think when I went to go like populate it in some AI tools to see what it would think the podcast was about. It was all about like green 
energy and sustainable oh, okay. and, and like, sustainable stuff. You know, I can see. Yes. Which didn't really You're help like, that's us not on it. our that's mission. Not it. <laughs> that's not it. So we started thinking about different types of evergreen trees and yeah. there are a lot there are a lot and some of them don't roll off the tongue really mm-hmm. um so we kind of put our finger on a couple and cypress was one of them and we just kept coming back to it there yeah, was like there's did. something about cypress and um what's really cool about it is as we looked at it and as we were writing it out it has the word press in it mm-hmm. and i think both of us have experienced in life that the pressing and the crushing of different seasons in our life and different challenges that actually that has what has refined us and has kind of shaped who we are as people. And I think today in society, people just don't want pain. Mm -hmm. They don't want the pressure. They don't want, they just want everything to be, they don't ever want anything bad to happen to them. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, that is like never going to happen. Yeah, that's not. So life. I think there's really beauty in in being able to take the pressure on and take the crushing and have breakthrough on the other side to like with to stand through it and to mm-hmm. not give up and to not like necessarily pray or wish the problem away, but actually see like what what am I meant to learn in this season exactly. in this in yeah. the pressing and the crushing. So I think Cypress spoke to us in that way. Um, and then Maggie actually found a verse in Isaiah that talks about a cypress growing like from once where there was thorns. And yeah. um, there's another there's another verse in Isaiah that talks about streams in the wasteland and streams in the desert. And so that was just something really beautiful to us that something beautiful and something evergreen and something healthy can actually come out of chaos and actually come out of that crushing, crushing and pressing. Yeah. And then we Googled it. And it was all the handles were available. All the handles were available. Which is a miracle in itself. So follow us on TikTok and Instagram at at Cypress Room. Yep. (laughs) And uh, on YouTube, come find us at Cypress Room as well. So that was just kind of cool. It is overwhelming to try to come up with a name and a theme and flesh all this stuff. And the fact that (laughs) the handle was available everywhere. The URL was available. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. we felt like that was a sign in itself because yeah. that wasn't the case for some of our other ideas. So, yeah. so here we are. We yeah. have it. Um, the only thing that we have hired out is we hired a beautiful, lovely graphic designer because we mm-hmm. did not want to try to piece that together. So we've invested in some equipment and we invested in a graphic designer, but everything else we're kind of just doing on our own. We don't yeah. have a producer. We don't have multi-camera angles right now, but they will come. <laughs> speaking that out speaking that into life um and yeah so we're just here we don't know what we're doing but but it's okay and we're gonna learn as we go and we're gonna get better every episode we put out and yes um we're gonna try to make it past eight because i've read that most podcasts only make it to eight episodes so if we can make it to nine at least we're gonna do it (laughs) you guys can hold us to that that's gonna be Um, but yeah, we're, I think personally as a content creator, I love the behind the scenes stuff and the business aspect. And I've been, you know, speaking at conferences for years. I have some people that I mentor. Um, I run a behind the scenes thing on my Instagram and I just love it. I love the ins and out of the business and there's not a lot of places that you can learn about. And I think it's kind of hard to hear people speak about it authentically a lot because 
it's scary to pull back the curtain of how you do this. Um, And it's so competitive. I think sometimes people don't want to share things. And I think it's oversaturated with these 10 tips will get you to 500,000 in a week. And I don't really believe in those things. And it's the the industry is constantly changing. Um, So we're we are doing this scared. We're doing it before we mm-hmm. know how to do it. We don't really know how it's yeah. going to go, but that's what I'm always encouraging people to do. I'm pretty much yes. every person I meet and they tell me, they're like, Oh, I'm a painter. I'm like, Oh, do you have a TikTok? You should be painting those and putting them up. Yeah. And you know, it could be a way for you to get more eyes on your art and you could earn money on your content. And then you can also sell your art. Like every person I meet, I try to convince them to start a YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, and I'm not trying to convince all of you to start a YouTube channel. But to just start. <laughs> but Whatever just start. that dream in your yes. heart is, I think, just like us with this podcast, the hardest part is just starting. Yes. So. Um, and it took us about 30 minutes to hit record this morning, but we did it and we're here. She's right. And we're probably, I don't know, maybe like 15 minutes in, hopefully. <laughs> maybe not that far, but we're going to just keep rolling. Yeah. Um, so, Yeah. I don't know where where do we want to go next? Should we start just telling a little bit of our stories since we kind of gave them the background of what this is going to be? And yeah, I guess just I one more thing before before we share kind of our stories and how we ended up here um, is that no, I lost my train of thought. So maybe we're just going to tell our stories. <laughs> and then I'll come back. I had something and totally lost it, but it's okay. Well, it'll come back. It'll come at back at the right time. It'll come back at the right time. Um, but just a little bit about me. We kind of have similar stories, which I think is funny. You know, we're both super overachievers mm-hmm. um, in like grade school, <laughs> even in grade school, I remember and high school yeah. and college, I was, you know, Dean's list straight A's had like a full ride um, to MTSU, Middle Tennessee State University. That's mouthful, but it's right down the street from us. Um, it's about a 45 minutes away from where we live now. Um, I was just a super overachiever my whole life. And my only goal was to get a job and like, climb the corporate ladder and everything in my life centered around like, well, if I'm not achieving, if I'm not getting good grades, if I'm not getting awards, if I'm not winning, if I'm not the top in my class, like then I'm nothing. Like my value and my worth was so based around that. And I worked in the corporate world for seven years and it got a little, uh, I did get married <laughs> in that, in that time. And my husband is so smart, you guys, and he's in sales and he just has like a brilliant mind and has always really succeeded in his career. So when we got married pretty early on, we got transferred because he got a position and it was kind of at that point I had been in the corporate world for like four years and I was doing like, I was doing good. I was succeeding, but I did not like it. It was not fulfilling to me. I was in corporate communications and I would sit in a cube and I would write newsletters and press releases. And I went up, I went there and I showed up and I did a good job because that's who I was because my value was attached to that. But um, so that first move when we, when we moved to Minnesota, that's actually where me and Maggie met was in Mm -hmm. Minnesota. Um, I kind of was like, okay, what, what, who am I? What is my role? What am I doing? Because my husband obviously has a better path. So we're going to follow his path. And I, as his wife, like I want to support him and encourage him. But where does that leave me? Like, do, am I just going to work to live? And that's kind of basically what it turned into. 
But I still had so much value and worth attached to that, that when we started family planning and having a child, I was like, well, I'm going to work because my kids are going to see me work. And it's very important. And I've worked my whole life for all of this. And um, that this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to work. I'm going to work. I'm going to work. So through my whole pregnancy, everybody thought, oh, she's coming back to work. Like I was like, there was never a thought of my I, I yeah. To anybody who wants to be a stay at home mom and you have that desire on your heart, like I pray that you get to do that. But that was never my dream. It was never my desire. Um, I always wanted to have a family and always wanted to have kids, but I never wanted to be a stay at home mom. Um, so pretty ironically, after I had my son and I did my maternity leave, it was so much fun. Like I had a really good baby <laughs> and we just got to hang out all day and I nursed all my kids. So I nursed him every day. And so we were very bonded after the initial, after the, the first, the first couple of weeks are a little <laughs> rough. We'll save that for a whole nother yeah. podcast becoming a mom, but it just like shifted everything in me and who I was. And I did not care about achieving anymore. I just really just wanted to stay home with this little kid. And when I went back to work, like my first week, I remember being like, what am I doing here? And then I would sit and calculate like how much daycare cost and how much I was literally making per hour. And like I told you guys, I was a good worker. I loved working and getting accolades, but I didn't find purpose or meaning in it. And, um, so I was talking to my husband about it and I was like, I don't know, I feel like I'm supposed to stay home. And he really wanted me to, but he never pushed that on me. He was like, well, you know, maybe give it six weeks and then we'll reevaluate or give it two months. So we had this plan like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm actually, I think it was like six months we said, which was totally unrealistic that we were going to wait that long, (laughs) that we needed to wait that long to figure it out. Um, but I said I had had it in my mind. I'd been back for a week, I think. And I was like, okay, the plan is six months. And then we'll come back together and we'll reevaluate like if I should stay home. And I'm sitting at church on Sunday in the, in the mother's nursing room. So I'm already feeling like very bonded to my child. And I think this is the first time that I can tell somebody I heard the voice of God, but it was through somebody else. It wasn't like an audible voice in my ear, but I'm sitting there nursing my son. I'm like, okay, I've made this decision. I'm going to give it six months and I feel really good about it. And I hear the person speaking on the stage say, um, you know, God's already told you what he wants you to do. You just need to take the step of obedience. And so I knew in that moment, I'm going to stay home with my son. (laughs) And when I said that out loud, I was like, how am I going to do that? And it's never a thought that I had in my mind that I was going to do. But it was just so clear that it was like, okay, like God is telling me what to do. So I can either try to do this my my own way, or I can trust him that he has a plan for me. And so just in that in that second, I was like, okay, I'm going to obey God, I came out of there. I saw my husband and I was like, I'm quitting my job on Monday. And he was like, what? (laughs) He was so shocked. He was like, how did we go from the six month plan to I'm going to quit my job on Monday. Um, but I did actually couldn't, didn't give my notice till Tuesday because my boss wasn't there Monday. So I had to sit there all day Monday, just sweating profusely being like, I have to get this off my chest. I have to get this <laughs> off my chest and put my two weeks notice in. But I put my two weeks notice in um, and I stayed home with my son. And that's kind of the first, the first part of my journey of, I think, breaking off that identity, that achievement identity, I think mm-hmm. needed to be broken off of me. So before I go into my, my whole, <laughs> it, I don't want to just hear me talking. I want to hear your story. So I'd love to kind of do your first part of your story too. Like, yeah, um, there's a lot of parallels. Um, I am a very 
typical oldest child. I'm the oldest of three girls. And um, I too, growing up, was super achiever, performance driven, wanted to be the best at everything, wanted to get the best grades, be the best at sports. I Were you the best? Because I wasn't. I was not. I was in some areas, but not like... No, I was not the best, but it did not stop me from trying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I do think as a kid, I got a lot of value from being good. I think I was okay at a lot of different things, but I did always excel at school. Um, That was one area that I always did really well at. And so... um, I go off to college and I get my undergrad in marketing at Kansas State University. Go Wildcats. Go Wildcats. Eat. What do you say? Emaw? <laughs> yeah, but we didn't say that when I was in college. Oh, so it's okay. kind of new. I was trying to be I, cool I because I didn't go to a school that had like a good sports program. Yeah. So I try to like gleam off That's of you new. and my Emaw. husband. Every man a Wildcat. <laughs> Every man a Wildcat. Um, <laughs> and honestly, uh, I didn't do great in college because I was working full time to kind of pay my way through college because I did not get a scholarship that paid for the whole thing. Um, but I was still incredibly driven in work and in school. I didn't do the best in college, but I was still in my mind. I wanted, I knew I wanted to be very successful. And to me, that meant like excelling in the corporate space. So um, I went to work for a big plastics company, Rubbermaid, right after, right out of college. I think most people will know what Rubbermaid is. Yeah. <laughs> but I think they think you might, like you were selling Tupperware, so you can tell us no, a little bit about not. what it was. I was actually, <laughs> I worked on the Home Depot account, was my first role. And I was, I was selling some Rubbermaid commercial products, but mostly it was their tool division, which was a lot of drill bits and saw blades okay, and cool. stuff like that. Um, So yeah, I worked in corporate sales and marketing roles um, for about nine years. And like my goal was to be that corporate ladder climber working mom. Like I thought that was it. Like if you could climb the corporate ladder, be a mom, like you really made it. Like you could do it. And that was what I really always thought I would do. I even went and got my master's degree my MBA before I got pregnant with my first, um, child, um, because I was like, man, nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to have this child. I got the MBA like, this is it. I'm going to be doing it. And, um, I actually hadn't even thought of having kids really until I met you and watching you with your oldest. Oh my gosh. When we met, I was pregnant. Yes. You had it was early in your pregnancy because we met in like maybe October, November. And you were like, yeah, I'm going back to work. I was like, look, she's doing it. I can do it. See, that was my identity. I probably (laughs) said I'm pregnant, but I'm going back to work because at like, you know, obviously guys we're we're referencing God and talking about church. We're both Christians. We're followers of Jesus. Um, And again, I want you to know that if you're not it's totally okay that you're here and we love you. I don't know if you have any like preconceived notions about 
like church people or whatever, but I just want you to know that you're welcome. And this is us and we're going to bring up Jesus and we're going to bring up God because he's so integral in our business. And so that's just who we are. Yeah. And I think in church, like we both grow up in church too. In church, a lot of times people stay home, they homeschool their kids. And that was just never, I was like, I'm not going to It was very counterculture, I would say, to want to work and have like little littles at home yeah so you know i watched her and even you know after you quit your job and stayed home you were very joyful through the early stages of motherhood and i thought man if she can do it i can do it and so we decided to go ahead and go for it and i should preface this by saying too my husband also has He's very good at what he does. Mm-hmm. He works in the automotive industry and has continuously excelled and moved up um, in his roles. So um, I think about, I think we were married five years before we had a child. And in those years, I had said like, because we had moved around a lot, both of us for our jobs. And I kind of deferred to his job and said, I'll go where you go. Yeah, I was like Ruth and Naomi my husband like I'll go where you go like and that felt to me at the time like a big sacrifice because I thought okay God like you'll make this work I'm still gonna climb the corporate ladder and I'll just follow him around whatever that looks like um so I did that for a while and then I got pregnant with my daughter and at this time the year that before she was born and I was pregnant with her I was traveling by airplane every single week you were gone all the time (laughs) i was we couldn't ever hang out during the week (laughs) no (laughs) the year i was pregnant with her i took 92 flights oh my gosh um and my husband also traveled so it was really like how are we gonna have a kid and do this too and it also it's it's funny but it's not that was my most successful year i've ever had was the year I was pregnant with her. I got President's Club, you know, all the awards, all the accolades. And then I have her and I'm home during maternity leave and it is hard for me. I did not jump into joy, to motherhood joyful. I just didn't. It was so hard for me. Mm -hmm. I was used to go, go, going. Like I got so much fulfillment, so much purpose, so much identity out of Mm -hmm. my job. And I honestly never was confronted with that until I had a baby and Mm -hmm. stayed home for maternity leave. And I struggled. But during that time, too, I was also praying, you know, because of um, my family background and some of the experiences that I had as a child and growing up, I just had this prayer to the Lord that, like, God, I want the legacy of my family to be different. And I just remember one day, like hearing in my mind's eye, not like a uh, an audible voice, but in my the back of my mind, like this is how you're gonna do it. Like, wow, you're not going back to work. And I wish I could say, did that you argue? I was like, when you heard that, were you mad? Submissive, but I fought against yeah, it. I can see that. I, that first year home with her was maybe one of my hardest years. Um, And not only because of just the drastic change in lifestyle and the infant stage was very hard for me. 
it was also because we were cutting like our income mm-hmm. in half at mm-hmm. that time. Like, let me tell you, <laughs> the life to live is double income, <laughs> yeah. no children. We were used. It is to where it. it's at. It is fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you still have to budget, but you get to go on trips. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about. Anybody being taken care of, and there's not all these extra expenses, and you just get to do really fun things. You get to go on dates almost yeah. every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, uh, so that first year, it was a rude awakening. And honestly, uh, at that time, it was a real step of obedience because on paper, we really shouldn't have been able mm-hmm. to afford doing that, cutting our income by yeah. that much. But let me tell you, we stepped out and God just filled in every blank, provided everything. We never lacked anything. And then about when my daughter was a year, my husband got another promotion, which moved us again too. Um, but, and then I think three or four years later, he had made up what I, we had lost yeah. through me quitting my job. And I fought for a whole year. Like I tried to go back to work to find another job for a full year, even though I had heard that from the Lord. And every time God just, and all the, honestly, all the way up until you asked me to work for you, God put a roadblock. It was a firm with every job. no with every single one. Yeah. And then, you know, can I tell that story? If you want to. So she had mentioned me coming to work for her for a little bit, just in passing once. And I didn't think you were serious. So I just well, went I was, away. To be honest, I was very scared because like she said, we've known each other for 13 years and everything I've ever heard is like, don't work with your friends. It'll ruin your friendship. And I've seen that like firsthand with some relationships in my life. So I was very scared, <laughs> but I felt like you were the only person that I trusted to bring on because I used to be very t- about my business. Yeah. So well, I walked away from that and thinking, oh, I don't think she's really serious, but God... If she is, if this is really something like that I should do, then have her come back and bring it up again and have her offer me this much. And sure enough, she, we talked again and you were like, no, I'm serious. Like, and I think we will pay you this much. And it was like the exact, yeah, amount. The exact amount. And I told you that, that you, and you were like, it. I don't even know where I got that number from. Yeah, I don't. I think I got it from God. I think I probably was and, praying about it and asked and yeah. he gave it to me. Yeah. And I wish I could tell you guys how many jobs and how many times I tried to go back to work in those, what, eight years. And every single time it was a firm no. Every door was shut. Yeah. So. Well, and I did sit down with you too. And I said, like, this is, this is what I want to do. This is what I would like you to do. And I said, but at any point. Like, if you feel like this is compromising our friendships or you don't want to do it anymore, I was like, you have to tell me because our friendship is so much more important to me than this business. Like, I would throw this business away in a second if it means I'm going to lose your friendship. And I mean, I don't think like we've had that many issues. I was going to say we hadn't had had any, any. but maybe there's one I forgot. No, I mean, like we've never had to sit down and be like, listen. I'm just not that serious of a person. And maybe I'd be making a lot more money if I was more serious, but that's the beauty of doing what we do now. (laughs) I get to just be who I am and kind of operate in that freedom. And it's been nice. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, we've grown in maturity and in communication. I think 
if that was different and yeah. if it wasn't also God ordained, maybe yeah. we would, it'd be a little different, but yeah. we'll see. Now we're actually doing this podcast together. So maybe <laughs> there'll be more, more instances where we have to have crucial conversations. Listen, Christina, you're just too loud and you keep talking. Over no, <laughs> I love that we have similar personalities and I think we have similar like character traits, but we did grow up very differently. Like our, yeah, and we're not going to get in all that today, but I'm sure it'll eventually come out. You know, yes. um, we didn't want to start at birth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this already feels really long, but we're trying to just condense it. So I love that we've had different experiences. Like Maggie said, she had to work her way through college. I never knew what that had to feel like. I had the pressure of having like a scholarship that I had to uphold, but my parents were so generous and like paid for my rent and paid for all these little extra things that I need. So like, I have no idea what that feels like having to go through that, like basically put yourself through school. So I, we're not the same person. No. <laughs> I just want to put that. And we like, I think we have a lot of similarities and like our husbands and things like that. Um, but we still have a lot to learn from each other and just the different experiences that we had. So I love that. I love it too. Yeah. So, and I, we kind of fast forwarded a little bit because we talked about how we work together. Um, But basically I kind of wanted to share a little bit more about how I transitioned from a stay at home mom to having my own business now. And like Maggie said, that's, that's probably 17 podcasts within itself is becoming a mom, but it just really did something to me and just stripped a lot of, things away from me that I Mm -hmm. thought were important. It's the most selfless thing I've ever had to do in my life. Um, I had a husband too, like Meggie that traveled a lot. And when I was pregnant with my second child, that's when Meggie around the time she was pregnant with her first, we got transferred like out of nowhere. And it was very traumatic. We were I was I think I was six months pregnant, maybe. And we just got a phone call on a Friday where my husband's company just slashed a whole bunch of jobs. Yeah. And the really, the good thing, the blessing was that he still had a job, but they called him and said, the good news is you still have a job. The bad news is, is you have to move in the next month. And I was six months pregnant and we had community and friends that were like family for us. And so we had to uproot and move to Indiana and I had a baby there like two months after we moved and we knew nobody and I didn't have family there. And that was probably the most challenging season for me because I had like a three-year-old and I had a newborn and a husband that traveled a lot. And I was like, I don't have any help. But my mom was down in Nashville and she would drive up on occasion to come help me. She was actually really excited when we moved because we were really far away in Minnesota. So she did come up and help me, but it wasn't like having her really close. Um, And I didn't, you know, back when you're a new mom, you don't really trust a lot of people with your kids. (laughs) And since we had just moved there, I just didn't trust anybody. So I had no free time (laughs) at all. I didn't have a lot of alone time. Um, but it was, it was kind of during that season when I started getting into DIYs, my happy place was Hobby Lobby. I don't know if you guys have Hobby (laughs) Lobbies, but whenever I would have, you know, Mike would just could be able to tell on the weekends when I was just like at my wit's end. He's like, why don't you go get a coffee? It was your target. Yeah, it was my target because it was so much more fun. It was so much more fun than Target because I would go to Target and all you can do at Target is spend money. But at Hobby Lobby, like I would just walk around and like envision decorating my home and the thing Mm -hmm. that's cool about Hobby Lobby is they have home decor but they also have 
crafts. It's arts and crafts. So there's fabric and there's, you know, you can make wood signs and all these things. So I would just walk around there and be like, what, what could I do one day? What could I do one day? And I I remember at that time too, I started sewing. I talked about this in a video that I shared on my YouTube channel. If you guys want this whole story of the backstory of pretty distressed, I won't do all of that today, but I started sewing and just doing stuff with my hands and just watching HGTV incessantly. And then finally just started picking up spray paint and I spray painted a lamp after watching flea market flip. And then I bought like an end table at Goodwill and I decided to sand that down and paint it and all that stuff. It was before I knew about furniture paint. Um, So I started doing stuff like that to have something for me. Like I love my kids and I loved raising them, but it was hard because it was just like everything I did was for them and I just didn't have anything for me anymore. And that's when I started just doing little things with my hands. And I made some dresses <laughs> and things. And it was, it was fun. And when we moved to Illinois, we just didn't have any money to decorate our house. We bought a fixer-upper and we moved there to be by family. And that's when I really started getting into doing furniture. Yeah. And I was just doing it for myself for the house. And it was really fun. And then friends and family were like, this is cool. How are you doing this? I'm like, well, you know, I enjoyed teaching and talking to people about what I was doing. And I just decided to start a blog and a YouTube channel. I still can't tell you why. I think it's just because I was enjoying it. And I wanted to share it with other people kind of similar to what we're doing here. Because I feel like at that time, YouTube wasn't like now where it's like the trendy, like everybody's doing it. It was kind of like like, nobody was doing that. And the only reason I started a YouTube channel is because my blog was on Blogger. And so YouTube, you could just embed in your videos. And that is the only reason if I could have uploaded them directly to my blog, I would have just done that. So that's another God thing. Like, (laughs) just because it was like, well, this is how you have to upload videos to your blog. I never thought, like, this is going to be a career, I'm going to be a YouTuber. And now you can do that, which I think is awesome. But back when I started, that was not the case. Um, So yeah, so it just I was painting things for I had like a cousin that asked me to paint a table for them. I did that. Um, And then I would like sell stuff on marketplace and at garage sales and things like that. But I kept blogging about it the whole time. And then I just had a couple of videos and I would make videos when I felt like it. I also had another kid during that time. So it was just like very slow going. This all started in 2014. Um, And I didn't go full time being a content creator until 2019. So there was a long time in there. So all the people that are like, well, I'm going to be a YouTuber and you expect like within six months to get monetized. It's not the most realistic thing. It does happen for people. I've seen it happen for people. Um, But it is a long, slow kind of march to get monetized and build your following and stuff like that. Um, And that just, that's just what happened while being a stay at home mom. I just kept doing it while I had time. We moved to Tennessee, I think like a year before I went full time. And I kind of, at that point, we moved to Tennessee, like I didn't do anything And I was kind of just trying to like figure out my life here. I wanted to spend time with my parents. That's why we moved here. And I just was not, I really wasn't doing anything. Um, And I just had a couple of videos that I made before we left Illinois, just take off. Yeah. And they started earning money. And then I was like, oh, well, maybe I could buy a new computer. Cause I used to, I used to do my videos in 20 set 2018 on a computer that was like from 2011. And it like, it took me. Yeah. <laughs> three weeks to make one video and it would take two days for it to download from yeah like iMovie and then it would take me like a day to upload it so that if there was no streamlining yeah. process it was very like we were just making it work with what we had kind of similar to the the um, technology that we're using today to film this podcast and um 
I just had a couple videos take off. And so then YouTube, I was in part the partner program and I started earning money and I was able to buy a new laptop. I saved enough money to go to this conference that I'd always wanted to go to, mm-hmm. um, which I think we should do a whole episode on Haven. Do you think we should do we that? We probably should. Okay. Haven is really cool. We're going to do a whole episode yeah. on it. It's coming in July. So we'll do the episode before <laughs> Haven comes so you guys I'm can know about it. we can do some podcasting at Haven. I would love to do some podcasts at Haven because we want to have cool. other like content creators on here, other entrepreneurs and interview yeah. them. Those are These are dreams, guys. So dream big with us because yes. we want to hear other people's stories and how they started because we know we're all different and we can all learn something from somebody else's story. But I also want to talk about in a future episode, I think what you're saying kind of leads right into it is really when you started to really get some traction in your business and make significant money was when you really decided to start being consistent. I think consistency is something that is so underrated. um, That's so true. Now that I'm sitting here thinking of this. Yeah. Cause I had some success. Um, Yeah. And I want to talk about that some more. So I okay. think stay tuned for our next episode because I think we'll dive deeper into what that looks like. What that looks like and why it is the most underrated superpower, I think, Ooh. in really all areas of your life. Yeah. Like and it's not attractive, it's not sexy or fun. <laughs> it's not something not you can really get. sell on a course. No big awards <laughs> or like pats on the back for yeah, for being consistent. For being consistent. But I think it's really one of the big keys yeah. to success and to getting results. Like right. you could have just kept doing it as a hobby. Mm-hmm. You know, there would have been nothing wrong with there that. There would have been either. nothing wrong with that, yeah. But you made a choice yeah at some point that line in the sand moment that yeah. you were and and i think well and we this can is interesting because as we're talking about that I, so i went to haven and i was like what, around all these other creators some people that were like really big there weren't a lot of youtubers there though and there still really aren't so i'm trying to change that by just telling people how awesome youtube is because it actually pays you for your content which will be another future episode yeah. of how all my income streams <laughs> and how we make money um, but when I went to Haven, I, it was just so, it was amazing. Cause I had been such an Island unto myself and I was making these videos and I was doing this content, but I had never met anybody like me. I didn't meet anybody who was doing this as a living. There weren't podcasts. There weren't podcasts about, about it. it. I didn't know, like, I knew that you could get paid for content, but I didn't know how to go about it. I think going into Haven, I had like a couple of brands that I was talking to, but I had no idea how to negotiate with them or even what to ask for and all that. Or like, how does this even work? And, um, so after I went there, I was like, oh my gosh, like, cause I had 40,000 subscribers on YouTube. I didn't understand that that was like, that that was a big deal. And I was monetized. Getting monetized is really hard. And yeah. I didn't realize that was a big Even deal Even harder either. at that time, I think. I think so too. Um, cause you didn't have the short form content right. either to yeah. help give you a boost from the other areas. So I was like, okay, I have something here. And I stayed off site because I booked it like I decided to go probably like a couple of weeks before it even went because it was in Atlanta and we lived in Nashville. So we were driving distance. My husband's like, just drive. Like I will book you points with my hotel thing. I got the kids like you need to go, which is just like a beautiful (laughs) example of who he is as a person and how he's championed me in this because there could be a lot of people that'd be like, that's stupid, honey. Like you want to waste your time doing that. And he's always been so encouraging and such a supporter. And he was like, you need to go like you've always wanted to do this since you started blogging, you should go. And I remember I was walking It was the very last session, I'm walking back from my 
hotel and I was kind of mad that I had to stay off site because it was really inconvenient, but I had a lot of this walking time. Yeah. <laughs> for a reason. And as I'm walking back, I'm just like talking to God and I'm like, wow, like, I can't believe I'm here. This is so great. I feel so filled with joy. Like, what am I going to do? I know like in a year when my son's in kindergarten, I'm going to do this full time. And God was like, you're going to do this now. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm not like you. I was this time I was argumentative. Like when he told me to stay home with my kids, I was like, yep, done. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and I don't know why I was like that. Cause that's not the type of person I am. But when he told me this time, he's like, you're going to do this full time. I, I had so many questions. I'm like, how, like I, you know, stayed home with my kids. So I didn't have to put them in daycare and this and that. Like, I just had all these, like, I still was hardened in a lot of ways to like, he had broken down oh, you're going to stay home with your kids and it, it doesn't matter like to get these accolades and stuff. But then I had, then I had made that an idol. I had made staying home an idol and been like, well, I stay at home and my kids are, I nursed my kids exclusively and I, my kids are never going to go to daycare and da, 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 da. And it's like the, the, the barriers that the restrictions that I was putting in place, I thought were like protecting my children and making my children great or whatever. And it's really like what, walking in the obedience of what God wanted me to do yeah. that was giving them life and that was giving me life. So this one took a little longer to me yeah. be like, okay. But I came home and I talked to my husband about it and said, I think I'm supposed to do this. Is that crazy? And he's like, no, well, let's talk about it. And what does this look like? And my son was already going to be signed up for um, like preschool two days a week. And we knew someone who did in-home daycare that my niece and nephew had gone to. So she had great references mm -hmm. and they had loved their time there and my parents loved them. So it's like, okay, well that takes out the fear aspect of like, where are we going to send them? And, and, um, and I decided to that, okay, so he's going to do this four days a week. And then Friday is going to be mommy Charlie day. And yeah. I'm going to make a big deal about it. And we're going to go like wherever he wants to go. And we went to Chuck E. Cheese a lot. We went to the McDonald's over on 96 <laughs> yeah. a lot because they have an awesome like playground Play place. Um, and the, the funny thing is this is right before COVID. So we actually only got like six months of that and then everything shut down. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was like, okay, I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to make a video one day a week. And y'all, some of those videos flopped. Cause I didn't know what I wanted to do yet. I thought yeah. I needed to be everything to everybody. And I was doing all these different DIYs. I was doing like behind the scenes. I was doing vlogs, all these things. And just like the thing that kept performing well was me just doing a tutorial from start to finish and making it really long, like 15 minutes, which I always yeah. felt like, Oh, they should be under eight minutes and they should be like broken up into parts. No one's going to watch like a super long video like that. But my audience, thank you audience. <laughs> Thank you, YouTube analytics. They really told me like, this is what we want to see from you. This is what we enjoy from you. This is what's teaching us. This is what we're learning from. And then, so I started making that content. Um, and another cool thing, I'm taking all the consistency stuff. I don't want to take, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Yeah, I'm going to save that story. Let's keep something I'm for next time. I'm saving that because <laughs> it's like a really good. So we're saving that. So you have to come back for the consistency yes, podcast. <laughs> but that's kind of where I stepped into doing this full time. And I got a really huge kick from COVID. Obviously everybody was home, but if I wouldn't have put in that work when God told me to, of like, do this now, don't wait. I wouldn't have had that backlog of videos that when everybody was home in March of 2020, that they'd binged and watched and had some things just go like really crazy. So. Yeah. But I think, oh, and that's something we can talk <laughs> about is that, you know, in the beginning of starting anything, 
there's an investment of time mm-hmm. that you're not going to see a return for. You're not going to see a so return. So you really have to, when it's put on your heart to start something, mm-hmm. first of all, you just have to get started, right? Yeah. Like we're part. doing this for free 99 right <laughs> yes. now. Because we are not earning any money. But you, I think the- <laughs> you have to be willing to yeah. put in that investment of time. Yeah. And it, it may be like, like for you, mm-hmm. several years but then there's going to come a point where, where you will see a return on that investment. But I think so often now we want that quick, instant gratification, you know, big return on small time yeah. investment. And I, I just don't think that's always realistic. Right. Um, and that's why I I always think it's challenging when I hear people who just quit their job and start YouTube and expect to make up that income. Like it's a slow, gradual, um, increase, I think. And so, you know, maybe that's new information for some people. Maybe it's not, but I encourage you if it is on your heart to start something, to be willing to make that time investment because it will pay a return. Mm -hmm. Maybe not in the time you'd like, but stick with it if it's not, especially if it's something God has called you to because yeah. I think he's always faithful and in those months of time investment you're learning you're growing you're getting new skills there is a lot of pressing and crushing mm-hmm. and so I think God will honor that time and that work um and the obedience too yeah. he always blesses obedience so and and the mo- most of the people I'm not even going to say most. I'm going to say all the people that I know that are doing this full time, they did two jobs for a long time. And I didn't do a paying job in this for a long time, but I was full time taking care of my kids. And I, when I started doing this, I mean, I had a baby, so I was only doing it during nap time. There's actually videos, YouTube videos, (laughs) painting in my foyer. And you can hear my youngest being like, because he wouldn't nap but i was like okay this is your nap time so you're just gonna stay in there for an hour while I film it's this rest YouTube time. Video. <laughs> and there were nights when i stayed up till like three in the morning and i got no sleep doing mm-hmm. a video because it was my choice i wanted to do it um and i know a lot of people that worked a full-time job and i know people now that are working full-time jobs and they're just doing content creation when they get home from work i mean that is not easy no it, it is not easy and you don't know like you said you don't know if it's going to pay you back but what if it does? Yeah, but and you what don't if it know does? if you don't try. Yes. Yeah. And I, I would say though, even if it doesn't pay you back in monetary form, you're mm-hmm. you're learning something during that time that you wouldn't be able to learn any other way. Yeah. You're learning skills. You're learning perseverance. Mm-hmm. You're. <laughs> I mean, there's lots of things you could be learning in that time, um, and skills that you could take to maybe do something totally different. Yeah. Um. So I, I think it's worth it either way. Yeah. Well, I shared my story. So you share, you need to pick back up um, where like you were staying home. You kind of told a little bit about how you came to work with me, but now you're doing kind of your own thing too. So I want you to be yeah. able to share about that as well. So yeah, wherever you want to pick so, back up. Well, I stayed home for eight years, um, which sounds like a long time, but I feel like it went by really fast. <laughs> During that, time, though, during that time, it did not go fast. <laughs> no. But looking back, I'm like, man, where did that time go? Um, so I came to on board to work with Christina. And, you know, we just had a lot of success. I think 
the first year, maybe we doubled revenue and then doubled it again in the third year. And we were just building lots of relationships, having lots of success building her brand. And I started having people that were friends and colleagues of yours, other YouTubers ask me if I'd be willing to do the same thing for them. So I felt like, you know, I said no a lot in the, in those times. And then the more I started praying about it, it felt like it was something. And then, and honestly, I, it's in my prayer journals a year before I actually started. That's why I say getting starts the hardest part because. And like we said, we've been I mean, sitting on this for a year. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a slow mover yeah. apparently. So um, I prayed on it for a year. Finally got God gave me a name and a concept and I took on a few clients who I help uh, with brand partnerships. So that has been an interesting journey too, because I feel like I'm still fairly new to it. I'm still figuring out what I want it to look like, um, what my capacity is uh, for even taking on clients. I'm not currently taking any new ones because I feel like I'm at max. It also is sort of changing as the industry is changing. Unfortunately, um, this year has really, it's just been really dry. Mm -hmm. uh, if I'm being honest for, um, for brand partnerships, I feel like, uh, COVID year and the year after was like, plentiful yeah. i mean we didn't have time because nobody was in the office actually creating content <laughs> yeah. so they had to pay content creators to yeah. make the content and it's just especially this year last year was pretty good too um this year's been tough yeah tough uh, i think the industry's changing i think what brands want is changing what influencers are willing to do um is also changing. So I'm really trying to figure out to how my business can change along with that. And I yeah. can't say I figured it out yet, but yeah, so that's where I'm at. I, um, and we still have kids that and are I very still busy. Have kids who are in sports and I have a husband who travels occasionally and I'm doing a podcast now we're doing a podcast <laughs> um so yeah i would say i'm still figuring that yeah out what what it looks like but yeah i'm working with four creators that okay. includes you um and yeah we're just trying and to I'm get pretty stuff high going maintenance, guys <laughs> but i have to say the type of business i chose too that time investment is a big one on the front end just because yeah. it does to get brand partnerships and we'll talk about this in later episodes too but it requires a high volume of like communication mm -hmm. reaching out to get back like a sort of a small return so it's a constant cycle um of time investment which yeah. isn't necessarily a bad thing but the more creators i take on the more that time investment increases and right now i'm just decided that what i have is i'm at capacity and that's okay and that is okay yeah. and so we'll see what god does with it um in the rest of this year because i'm not sh i'm not sure what You're it's gonna sure. turn into yeah and i'm not really sure what i mean i've been a full-time creator since 2019 and i just kept feeling this pressing on my heart at the end of last year and i kept i said this to you and i have 
words that have come in from friends that confirmed it that didn't even know what was going on. It's like, hey, things are going to change for you next year. And I think it was partly the climate. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been really blessed that we have some long term partnerships. Yeah. And just like really, I think that's kind of the future of this. These one off things are just Mm -hmm. really not happening anymore. Um, And the one off things, honestly, most of the time aren't very fun to do. It's really, it's fun to get to know a, a brand and the people that work at the brand and like, just be there from the evolution of the product to let's promote right. it and do you like it and let's use it and all the things. Um, but I'm going, I'm going off track a little bit. I just knew that things were going to shift for me a little bit mm-hmm. and they have. And, you know, in order to be able to do this podcast, which we don't know if it's going to bring in any finances <laughs> ever, we're hopeful that it will, but right now it's not. Um, but I'm having to, it, this takes time. <laughs> so, it, we've had to say no to certain things or make my schedule not as full. And that's, that's a great. chance. It's a gamble we're willing to take because I think these conversations are important. And um, I just want to know you guys better than the 30 to 60 seconds and the comment on Instagram. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of people out there that, that want to do this. And I think it's easy to look from the outside and kind of see how people are doing it. But there's real stuff behind the scenes that is that we just don't talk about a lot. So I just want to be open and vulnerable and authentic with you guys in that, you know, things are changing. And um, the way I do stuff is different. But I also want to encourage you in the fact that like, you could have not started yet and still start for sure. Um, and it's fun. It is fun, but it's challenging. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the real. We're going to talk about the ups yep. and downs. We're going to talk about the views. We're going to talk about the statistics. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about how the pr- the platforms are changing. Yeah. Um, but we're also going to talk about how we do all of this and do life at the same time. Because right. if you're so just tunnel focused on like, how do I become a creator and how do I make money? And you ignore your body <laughs> and taking yeah. care of yourself, you like you don't work out, you don't eat well, because you're just tunnel vision, or you ignore your relationships, or you ignore your spouse or your kids. And and they just know, oh, well, this this content thing that mom or dad does is more important than anything else. You just don't, you don't want to do that. So we want to teach you to to have or talk to you about how we try to have balance. Yes. um, And all of that, and all the relationships. So there's so much you guys there's I mean, we could just sit here and talk for 20 more hours. But we're going to break it up over episodes. Yes, but I hope you all are encouraged by this podcast. You know, we really do want to create that sense of community. So I hope you'll join us again, um, interact with us. And uh, yeah. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok. Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. You yeah, can email we'll put us. all this stuff down here so you can find us. It's Yeah, on YouTube, it'll be in the description box. We'll have an email set up too that you mm-hmm. guys can message us. But please, 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 just in the comments, say hi. Let us know who you are, where you're watching from. Yes. What you want to get out of this. Um, yeah. Do you have questions, topics you'd like us mm-hmm. to discuss? And it doesn't all have to be content creation. Absolutely like we want to, we're people too. We're not mm-hmm. just, we're, <laughs> we're not just influencers. I hate that word. Um, <laughs> but we're going to redeem it. We're going to put, we're going to show you that there is, that influencing can be a positive thing and that yes, there's integrity and in influencing. So we're going to talk about all of that. And we did it. We made and it through more. our first episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. I am too. Well, we will see you guys back next time. And we hope you join us again in the Cypress Room. Yeah, have a good one. We did it. <laughs>